Can you say canoflavins in goose Latin? Calafan, elephant, flalafav, elephants. Boom. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing all right. I am David, and I have Rachel with me. Hello. And that makes us cannabinoids. Welcome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining in. We do have, indeed, a very humble, a very humble, in my opinion, harvest report for 2019. Okay. Give it to me. So let's back up. In 2018, there was about 78,126 acres of hemp harvested, right? All right. So let's go to 2019. This year, the U.S. Hemp Grower License Report says that nearly... 511,442 acres of hemp were licensed in 34 states this year. What? That is a huge jump. It is. Uh, But this year, it's looking like this harvest will be about 115,000 to 138,000 acres, which is way above 50. It's about 50% increase from last year. It's pretty close to that. (laughs) But, yeah, um, but there's quite a big difference between the f- over 500,000 acres of hemp yeah. that were licensed. What's going on? To the, you know, 120-something thousand. Uh, it's just due to losses from crop failure, weather, crops that had higher uh, higher THC level than 0.03, the legal limit of THC for hemp. Yeah, what do they do with that? Uh, they actually have to destroy it legally. I'm sure some might, you know, not. Yeah. <laughs> That's a few hundred thousand acres worth of product that had to be destroyed. That sucks. Yeah. Actually, no. I was talking to this one farmer this past week, and he had, it was their first year growing hemp. They were super excited. And I'm not going to give away give away any names or the place or anything like that. But they they were super bummed because the harvest actually turned out to be four percent THC. Oof, that's quite a bit over. And in my opinion, it's the longer you wait, the lo- not wait, the longer you let the plant grow, grow in the ground. Mm-hmm. Or okay. When after harvest, the more oh. THCA is present in the so plant. After, like when you're letting it cure, after you've already when it's it still in the ground. Oh, okay. When it's still in the ground, that gives the THCA more time to be more prevalent. Okay, that's what I've heard. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a scientist. You're I don't no know. Hemp farmer. I'm no hemp farmer yet. Right. Who knows what's in the cards? I tried growing hemp, about a hundred plants, and they all withered away it was heartbreaking they didn't get too too big (laughs) maybe uh five inches hey and then they all just went five inches (laughs) is five inches (laughs) 
Well, anyway, that re represents what we're talking about, represents about a 50% increase of acreage of hemp harvested in 2019. Like I said, later in the harvest, the more THC is produced in plants, which might have to do with a lot of these new farmers wanting to, not necessarily farmers, but people wanting to cash in on this cash crop, uh, just go ahead, like kind of like I did, just yeah go all in and i don't know that much about growing plants and they were successful however there's it's more thc high. in yeah. the plants and there's an interesting fact that there's this huge boom and increase in the industry yeah. there's so much hemp not a lot of these testing facilities can get around to each and every one in due time right so people and farmers are now freezing cannabis pretty much after it's harvested they freeze it and they vacuum seal it and that actually is kind of cool because it preserves everything awesome even the terpenes so they don't dry it they don't they yeah. cut it down they don't dry it but they put it in these vacuum sealed bags it's like a pillowcase it's about mm -hmm. four to five pounds each quote-unquote pillowcase and then yeah. they just store it like that that kind of i mean it makes sense preserves you, the terpenes well you i've heard many people talk about how frozen vegetables are typically more fresh and have more like more preservation of the nutrients that mm -hmm. are in them because they're frozen on site so i could see that being you know if the farmers are freezing their fresh product on site i mean i i could see it holding on to that stuff absolutely Obviously. it does yeah yeah you got to use it before too long i'm sure but uh, i don't know more testing yeah <laughs> it's just everything comes back to more testing yeah more trial and error more more science science <laughs> uh another interesting bank delta 8 and delta 9 testing both are thc forms of thc from what i've read is ta or delta 9 is the more prevalent one and delta 8 is not like a not as prevalent i don't even know what the other deltas are but base i don't know either i just heard <laughs> eight and nine right so uh the testing varies from state to state and actually some of these farmers that their crops are being tested the testers are actually testing both which gives it a higher thc level which okay. is almost unfair because in the hemp farming act it specifically says uh, the testing of Delta-9 oh, tetrahydrocannabinol, okay. not both THCA and THC-9. So Even though Delta-9 is more prevalent and Delta-8 is not, they're testing for both, which obviously would make the THC uh, yeah, levels it higher. A bit. Yeah, Bummer. so it varies from state to state. So we're in this place of there's hundreds of thousands of acres of hemp being harvested. And so we have all this hemp and we have a previous episode on how much, uh, not deficit, but what's the other one, a deficit? The I opposite of deficit. The opposite? Yeah. It reminds me of uh, that Office episode yeah. where Michael was trying to understand what Oscar was saying about... Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, explain it to me like I'm five. I feel like I need that right now. Yeah. I don't know the words. So imagine you have a lemonade stand. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and your parents give you $5 for everything, but you only spend three. What's the other two? What's that word? Oh, my gosh. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> uh -oh. 
Anyway, so I, I stumbled across this. I didn't stumble. I was actually seeking out of the Delta 8 and Delta 9, what the difference was. But then wait, I totally got sidetracked. What? I just had a question. You know, if you're getting a product from another state that does, doesn't test for 8 and 9, could you potentially be getting more THC? This is know? all federally. Oh, okay. So it doesn't matter state to state, okay. even though the testing is different from state to state. It just, the state says yay or nay, depending on how they test. And it's 0.3 they're testing for, but the point, or 0.03, sorry, but the uh, 0.3, point sorry, three. 0.3, not 0.03. But if they test both, test for both in one state, that would potentially make that 0.03. 0.3. Point three. <laughs> oh, geez. Lesser, mm-hmm. you know, than in if you get something from somewhere else. Like if they're testing for just the Delta 9, you could potentially get a higher THC than those ones that are testing for both, right? No, because if you had Delta 9 and Delta 8 combined, that would be a higher amount of THC as opposed to just the Delta yeah. 9, which would be but, just a lower but amount. But the point than, three. Uh huh would have to be the combination of delta eight and nine in some states right but Whereas what if it in was some states it's the point three of just delta eight so what if there was more delta or delta, delta nine, nine yeah and what if there was more delta eight in it you know that wasn't tested so it could potentially be higher in thc depending oh, on what, what standard yeah. you know possibly i just that, that's interesting because websites from all over the different states could potentially be I mean, slightly, really. It would be, it's I not going to be 0.3 yeah. to 0.31. Yeah. Okay. So it's not a huge, anything people need to worry about. That was all I was wondering if people needed to really research it, like whether product what is really produced s- yeah. or harvested, I guess. Mm-hmm. What really breaks my heart is if you were spending the last six months growing hemp and caring for it and making the best it could be, and you can get it tested and it comes out at 0.31. Point three two. Oh. I feel like it's going to be a time of trial and erroring it. I mean, we do have, we're producing more than we can use right now, but at the same time, it would suck if all of your plants in your brand new farm that you've invested so much into, mm-hmm. you know. I said it before, and in Hawaii, mm-hmm. something like that happened. Uh, a bunch was over, but some were let through, even though it was a little bit above 0.3. Some were like, all right, that's fine, whatever. Some farms. But okay. the other ones that were like four, five, six, seven, then they were like, no, you can't have this. Yeah. It was interesting. So sometimes, I don't know. It, it just varies from state I mean, to state, I guess. Be a limit. I don't know. I understand why there's a limit. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. people don't, who are taking high CBD products are not wanting to get high most of the time. So, that I mean, it's really suck if you had right. a product that you know there was no limits and you never knew what you were getting into yeah as we were talking about last week it was more people are taking marijuana or cannabis marijuana hemp mm-hmm. cannabis all the same more people take that for medicinal than recreational or just to get high yeah right. which i don't i don't know i'm starting to think about it and who would take that study i don't know i have thought you know what i'm saying yeah I, I get what you're saying. Like, like, who who are they asking? Are they asking? Are they asking people that want smoke pot, or are they asking people who? Yeah. yeah. But even if you, I mean, I guess those studies are usually pretty anonymous, and there's no threat if you answer honestly. I mean, I think, I bet they they got some young people in there. 
Yeah, that who knows? I don't know. Maybe we'll have to do more research on the research. On the research. Fact check the fact check. Mm-hmm. So going back to the when I was trying to figure out differences between Delta 8 and Delta 9, all I could find was Delta 8's not as, you know, potent of a THC so cannabinoid than Delta 9. Right. But we I did stumble it. across this. It was very interesting. It's from Michael Bakes. Bakes? Michael Bakes. It's she. He's the author of Cannabis Pharmacy. It was a very interesting article. I'm going to read some of it. Might enlighten it enlighten me. It might enlighten someone out there who listens. One of the twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Delta nine tetrahydrocannabinol is produced by the cannabis plant in the form of a carbolic acid, commonly called THCA. We all know about that. The acidic form of THC is non-intoxicating, which means, which I found it was great that he put that in there, non-intoxicating. Yes. As opposed to... Non-psychoactive. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, non-intoxicating, which means that fresh raw cannabis produced no high, but recently um, pre-clinical studies showed that it may have medicinal value in metabolic and neurological disorders. Uh, however, when heated, as we know, THC is converted to, or THCA is converted to, to THC, which is intoxicating and needs to be moderated at high doses. Uh, here's where I found the Delta-8 and Delta-9 THC into its more thermally stable form, Delta-8 THC. Delta-8 THC primarily is found in poor main cannabis extractions. Oxidation of THC forms cannabidol, CBN, which we talked about before how THC forms into CBN mm-hmm. after a while. Right. Um, and it's just another simple indicator of poorly handled or extracted cannabis. When taken orally, THC is metabolized into 11-hydroxy-THC, which is commonly considered to be twice as strong with a psychoactive effect that lasts twice as long as normal THC. So that's so that's when you're ingesting it, not smoking it. Yeah. Okay. That makes so sense. So we all know that it was just a smarter <laughs> way to say it. Yeah. Where you read it and your mind's blown, but you're like, wait a minute. I already knew this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just found that very fascinating. Yeah, it's good info. There's more in that. What he said. I'll put a a link a, a link to that little article he wrote in the show notes. And again, that was Michael Bakes, author of Cannabis Pharmacy an advocate of cannabis being medicinal. Yep. <laughs> okay. I think, I think it's a good idea. You've been to thehemchar.com? I have. Thehemchar.com has what? The world's most natural form CBD. That is correct. It has a bunch of products like hemp paste, which is the most natural form of hemp you can get. Using the whole plant. Using the whole plant. There's also chocolates. There's coffee. There is... Hot cocoa. Hemp cocoa, which is fantastic. I had a lot of it, and (laughs) I was feeling real good. You were relaxed when you came home. Mm Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, I use the hemp cream every day. The hemp cream is great. What do you use it for? 
I use it on my face and stretch marks. Mm-hmm. There's actually four different kinds of hemp cream. There's the original formula, which has a lot of frankincense and myrrh and cassia. Which is kind of spicy and cinnamon, mm-hmm. you know, just for your for your back pains. It'll There's also the sensitive skin cream. Kids save friendly oils. That is in the sensitive skin. Put that on your face and bam. It's great for eczema. I have heard so many testimonies of how Mm -hmm. it has been great for kids with eczema. Yeah. There is... What other creams? Oh, my gosh. There's anti-age. Oh, that made me look 10 years younger. Uh, No, it didn't. I can't say that. And there is a massage, which is great. A massage hemp cream, which is fantastic, which you actually give me massages with that sometimes. Absolutely. I'm just floating all night. Go to thehempjar.com and check it out. There, We've got all kinds of information on on their videos and everything so you can do your research. And it's it's amazing. It comes from the whole plant. Nothing's extracted. Nothing is taken out. All three amigos, <laughs> three amigos. of the cannabinoids, yes. terpenes, uh, and yep. flavonoids. Fantastic, babe. Thehempjar.com. Flavonoids. <laughs> So flavonoids, they're the lesser known of uh, cannabis, but however, they are very medicinal. What do they do? No, flavonoids are phytonutrients, basically plant nutrients. Yes. But we're going to sound smart and say phytonutrients, and they're found in almost all fruits and vegetables, and there's over 5,000 to 9,000 varieties. So they're the largest group of phytonutrients. They give plants... um, So flavonoids give plants a distinctive pigmentation and a little bit of uh, aroma as well. Okay. So, yeah, we'll get into that. And the main purpose for these plants to produce these pigments forming forming phytonutrient compounds are basically to attract pollinator insects. All right. Because of the color. Yep. Like when bees go to a yellow flower. I like you. Mm -hmm. I want your pollen. You look real pretty. Um, This one was super interesting to me. Capturing certain wavelengths of light. So if it's... uh, I think it's what... Correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe what blueberries, why blueberries are blue, that has something to do with the flavonoids. Okay. So they, attract. so if we have that, they attract certain wavelengths, and obviously because they're blue, and certain UV rays get in that it uses, but it keeps the other ones out that it doesn't want to use. It's kind of sweet. I like it. Uh, obviously, like I said, another aspect is protecting or the protection from UV rays. Regulating the cellular cycle and defense against things that might want to eat whatever plant it is. Like it's disguise. Right. So that's what flavonoids do. Not only that, they are actually a powerhouse for medicinal value being rich in antioxidants. Like blueberries. I like blueberries. Yeah, you do. With anti-inflammatory and immune system benefits. So let's go over to that. The medicinal benefits of flavonoids. If you want to. Take a walk with us. Are you ready? Yes. To put on your seatbelt? This mm-hmm. is more of like a mosey meander kind of Do I have to put on a seatbelt for like a stroll? No. Okay. We're just going to stroll. This is not a fast thing. Okay. We can make it fast. Mm-hmm. So, medicinal benefits of flavonoids. In the journal, 
archives of internal medicine, link in the show notes, a 25-year study looked specifically into flavonoid consumption and suggested that it accounted for 25% of the difference in mortality rates associated with heart disease and cancer. Other benefits that may be associated with the intake of flavonoids are weight management. A lot of people are after that. Cardiovascular disease. Also, a lot of other people are looking at that. Diabetes, cancer prevention, and neurodegenerative disease prevention. So this is... That's a hearty list. I mean, this is what we've heard, though. Plants and, you know, fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. Raw fruits and vegetables. Yes, the vitamins that come in it. So that's basically what this information so it's nothing new that we haven't heard already but But specifically flav yeah we're realizing the flavonoids okay flavonoids 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 have something to do with it uh flavonoids are best consumed in natural raw fruits and vegetables it's what we just said look at that cooking can (laughs) depreciate their value by 80% and just having fruits and veggies uh, sit out can actually cause those flavonoids to dissipate. Kind of like terpenes and cannabis. If you let any kind of cannabis dry out, which a lot of people do for, you know, their reasons, which is great. All the terpenes evaporate. So some of that medicinal value goes bye-bye. Or when you extract uh, to get a certain cannabinoid, uh, basically most 99.9% 99.9% of your terpenes go bye-bye. And flavonoids? I would assume so, yeah. If you're just trying to get CBD, for example, that's mm-hmm. uh, just CBD. Have you ever seen CBD isolate? Kind of looks like cocaine. Cocaine. Oh. <laughs> it's very fluffy, think? white, powdery stuff. Scarf? Yeah, Scarface. What did he say when he had mm. that big table? Maybe, might, maybe you just shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> I wanted to do an impression, but I didn't know what he said, so I can't do an impression if I didn't know what he said. I'm terrible at movie quotes. Yeah, we need Nate on here for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, digressing and non-digressing. The three general categories under flavonoids. Flavonoids, isoflavonoids, and neoflavonoids. You try and say those. Flavonoids, isoflavonoids, and neoflavonoids. Right. And then there's different classes we can find under those three examples. I'm not even going to try and pronounce all these, but Uh you can check out that article and read all about it at cannabinerdspodcast.com. I mean, it's just the technical terms for what we were just talking about as far as attracting pollinators, But I'm going to... Yeah, I'm sorry for interrupting. No, they just have funny names that I wouldn't want to try and pronounce either. I do know the last one I wrote down. Tannins. Tannins. That's what I was thinking of with grapes and the Mm -hmm. wine. That's, you know, the tannins are in the peel of the grape. Phytonutrients. Phytonutrients. Flavonoid phytonutrients. So tannins are macromolecules or polymers. Good job. (laughs) <laughs> They're formed by anthocyanins. Oof. <laughs> no. I was doing good. I didn't feel good about that one. <laughs> but President Tea, they have an astringent flavor and they protect the plants from herbivorous animals. So tannins in wine, we know about that. So most people who drink wine, they know about tannins. Tannins, we can relate to 
Flavonoids. Flavonoids. Phyto. Yeah. Phytonutrients. That makes sense. It's got that bitter, you know, if you just eat the peel of the grape, it's mm-hmm. got the different, so that I could see how that Astringent. would be a protectant for the like, plant. I feel like we should have some wine right now and we can just do some descriptors like, smells like a, a dirt road after Fresh it rained. Cut garden hose. Moving on. So what do flavonoids have to do with cannabis? What do you think they have to do with as in which part of the plant that... No, just what do you think they have to do with cannabis? Flavonoids. Sounds, you can be honest. I don't. <laughs> you have no idea? No, yeah, I, I can't think That's of That's all right, because I am going to tell you. Ooh. So currently, there are a little more than 20 flavonoids that are currently found in cannabis. Some of these exclusively are particular, particularly found to cannabis. These flavonoids are called... <gasps> Drumroll. Can- Canaflavins? Canaflavins. Just let's... Canaflavins? Canaflavins. You know Goose Latin? Can you say Canaflavins in Goose Latin? Calafanelafath flalafavilafins. Boom. Canaflavilafins? No, I did that wrong, too. I can't pronounce anything. Okay, getting back on track. Canaflavin A and Canaflavin B. B have studies uh, to be powerful painkillers. We'll have an article uh, link in the show notes to that as well if you want to take that out. Um, the main thing I got out of that is it's more powerful and powerful than cannabinoids wow. and about 30 times stronger than aspirin. And that's all natural. Other highly active flavonoids found in cannabis include a, a bunch of different antioxidant and answer uh answer anti-cancer properties basically. okay so super medicinal and not only do flavonoids and canaflavins have great medicinal values they also work in synergy with cannabinoids and terpenes to potentiate modulate and moderate the properties in every compound in cannabis aka What's that sound like? Yes. <laughs> I was hmm, distracted. Distracted. You're trying to pronounce canaflavins and goose Latin. I was right really excited. I just did. Like a pro. I want to hear it again. Calafanulifa flalafavilifins. Can you say flavonoids in goose Latin? Flalafavilifinoilifoids. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's why I love you. I'm bilingual, hun. Mm-hmm. It's really no way around it. That's all I have today. Oh, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot. Did you? I really, my favorite thing is saying canaflavins. Yeah. And I just didn't realize how important they were mm-hmm. and why take them out. Why get rid of them? Why get rid of them? I think it's the three amigos of cannabis. We have cannabinoids, we have terpenes, and we have flavonoids. Oh, I was hoping you do it in. Latin, but you were right, flavonoids. That's fantastic. Should we uh, do our scrolling and talking of a current news item? What do you mean? What? We did that last week. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Where I scroll and we discuss something that's currently in the cannabis going on. Arena. Mexican Senate committees will introduce marijuana legalization bill next week. Quote, each of the initiatives that different senators have presented are all 
I don't want to read the whole article, but that just looks like, hey, we talked about it before, Mexican legalization of marijuana will be next week. Looks like it will be next week. That's coming pretty quick. Fantastic. That's amazing. By the time this airs, it'll probably have already happened. Yeah, maybe. Possibly. We shall see. We'll let you know. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah,